What's up, Accelerators? Welcome to Normalize It, the show where we speak about and explore the business of disability inclusion and accessibility. I'm your host, Cam Baudouin, and on each episode, I'll be interviewing leaders, professionals, and people with lived experiences, and we'll be discussing the challenges, successes, and strategies on how to make this world a more inclusive place. As you know, many organizations are still trying to figure out disability inclusion through a trial and error method. That's inefficient. Stick around to the end of the show to find out how we can fix that. So whether you're an advocate, entrepreneur, business owner, stakeholder, VP, or just someone who's interested in the world of disability inclusion, this show is for you. Let's dive into it. Today is going to be a very, very, very different show. So last week I went to this conference called Funnel Hacking Live. And funnel hacking is this system. It's built off of a tool called... ClickFunnels. Now, ClickFunnels is just simply a web page builder. But every single year, they invite entrepreneurs from all over the world to join their big conference on on entrepreneurship. And I have to say, it has blown my mind. I've never been to one this big before. I've never been like usually when I go to an accessibility, excuse me, uh, an entrepreneurs conference. Usually, it's it's much smaller. It's local, or you know, uh, it's it's like a meetup group or things like that, where we talk about things that are very, very, very tactical. When I go and meet up with other entrepreneurs just to chat about either speaking businesses or accessibility business, we end up getting very tactical in the way that we do things, and we talk about well, here's the tips that I need to do to get my boss to care more about accessibility, or Here are the things that I do to manage my socials. Like, here's the tools that I use. But there's one thing that really stood out for me last week's conference. It was a whole half day, the very first day, the first half day was all about mindset. And it's amazing. Like, I've never explored mindset on this show before. I've never spoken to anyone who talks about mindset. I've never, uh, like, brought it up in a solo show like this one before. So that's what we're going to be focusing on today, because really, when I went to that conference, it really highlighted four big things that we're doing in our industry to sabotage some of our accessibility efforts. And I'm using that really big word, sabotage. It sounds like we're doing things wrong, but sometimes we don't even know it. Sometimes we don't even know it. And what I'm really hoping to talk about today is are some of the things that I've observed in the industry, things that I've observed and learned from that conference and things that I kind of pick up on the way. This is also going to be a much more interactive talk. So if you have a piece of paper at home, you can take that out and you can take some notes because this is going to be much more of like a collaborative talk than the usual presentation where I interview somebody, things like that. Here is my wonderful drawing of us. Okay. For anyone who doesn't know, that's, that's like, that's like a boat with some way on some waves. Let me see if I can blow this up a little bit here. So this is us right now. And I don't know we've all felt like this. Maybe not every single one, but many of us are drifting. Many of us are drifting in the world of accessibility. Many of us are drifting in the world of disability inclusion. And this kind of seems to be our stasis. We are in this, this feeling of, I don't know where to go next. My people don't listen to me. My boss doesn't listen to me. My peers don't listen to me. And I don't know where to go next. This is mostly driven by fear. Fear is this thing that we all take. I don't, I, I'm, I'm afraid to talk to my boss. I'm afraid to talk to my peers because they've said no so many times. Maybe you have some fear. Maybe you're afraid to talk or divulge that you have a disability to your peers, your colleagues. Maybe you're afraid to host a live show like this one. 
because you don't know if people are going to laugh at you. You don't know if people are going to uh, take you for granted. You don't know if people are going to take too much of your time or too much of your energy. And here's a tip. I don't know either. I don't know either. Look, even this one, this is, I'm winging it. I'm trying a new format here. I've never done this before. So over here, let's change this a little bit. We have people who are drifters. And the thing is, if you're drifting, this can slowly erode one's self-belief. I know. I know from experience. Back when I was at IBM, uh, I was sent out to consult at different organizations on accessibility. This is somewhere between seven and four years ago. So I was at IBM for a good three years. I was working in accessibility for so long. I was actually the accessibility practice lead for IBM Canada. So all the banks, I worked with all the banks, uh, helped them all out, worked with large insurance companies and telecoms. I would at least consult for each and every single one of them, at least one or two times, just whenever somebody needed something to do with accessibility. The thing is, I had a boss that came to me at one point and said, Cam, accessibility will never be important enough to make it your full-time job. And that really struck me. That really, really, really struck me. It struck me for a few reasons. Number one, it struck me at like the time I was wondering, what do I want to do with this career at IBM? I'm really passionate about helping people with disabilities. What do I want to do for that? Uh, it struck me because as I think back to it, and sometimes even after I went off on my own, started my own consulting firm after I started working for myself, I started to think of, well, maybe he was right. Maybe he was right at times. Then you have the other times in your life when you don't feel like that, when you feel that there's wind in your sails, when you feel that you're being passionate and you can move forward and things are exciting and things are, 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 are moving. That's when you're feeling driven. So up on screen, I've got two circles, one on the left that says drifting, drifters, and one on the right that says driven. You've definitely felt driven before. This is the time when you feel empowered, when you feel recognized, when you feel heard, when you feel like the work that you do is able to move you forward. So what happens? Where is the divide? Why is it that sometimes there's some people are able to quickly move from that idea of drifting to the idea of being driven? There has to be some kind of way to move it. I'm gonna draw some arrows up on screen here. What happens to people who are drifters when they read objections? The line in the middle is your resistance. The line in the middle is when people come to you and say, no, I'm not going to listen to you right now. The line in the middle is when people say, you're not valued, you don't matter, stay down, shut up. That's what resistance is. And what I've noticed in times in my past, when I've met resistance and backed down from it, it's as if things are being bounced away. Right? I go up to resistance and it bounces away. I go up to resistance and it bounces away. I'm not able to break through that actual resistance self. And the truth is, what I've noticed now that I've worked with large organizations or companies is that many people who are giving us resistance are simply acting out of their truths. It's not against me. I may feel personally like they're attacking me, like you should care about accessibility. You should care about people with disabilities. You should care about me. But then when that ends up really happening is that they're just operating from their own self-belief. They're operating from their ignorance towards what my beliefs are. What happens when you're feeling driven? It almost seems like this resistance doesn't exist, right? Or you can always come back from it. So you're shooting through and it comes through, then all of a sudden you've been able to break through it. Or times where even if it's bounced off, or even if it's bounced off, you're still able to punch through that resistance and move forward. Now, I've spoken to a lot of professionals in our industry, and it seems to be 
that we're stuck. It seems to be that at certain points we're drifting and we meet resistance. And no matter what we try to do, we get so down on ourselves that we cannot move forward. And that sucks. That sucks as an industry. It doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help the people with, with disabilities. It doesn't help our own careers. Then there's a few people like, like the Jenny Lay Fleury's of the world, like Ted Drake's, like Christopher Patineau, people that we see with lived experiences with real disabilities. Chris Rudin, who I just spoke with recently, uh, who's going to be coming on the show. He was born with a disability and he has diabetes and he now speaks on stages earning lots. Like, you know, he, he speaks on many, many stages. What is the difference between your times when you're drifting and the times when you're driven? And I'm obsessed now with trying to find people who are in that stage of being driven right now and figuring out like, what is the key? What is the key element that's making you driven that when somebody comes to you and says, no, thank you. We're not going to care about accessibility right now. No, thank you. People with disabilities don't matter. No, thank you. We're not going to fix our website. Like what allows people to push through that resistance compared to people who at that time are just going to back down and say, well, I'm going to vent my frustrations to other people. And there's a few things that I've kind of learned now. There's a few things I've learned because I start to ask this to many, many people, especially other speakers, because speakers themselves as a business, you have to overcome objections. And it's not just objections about, you know, the business or about those other people, about the things. It's really they're objecting against you. Like, hi, I want to go speak on stage for this event. And then people are saying, you know, no, I'm rejecting your proposal. And I think what it is, is about this thing that we're, we're, we're talking about today, which is, which is mindset. When we can learn to hold our advocacy at arm's length, it's a stronger argument for protecting it. When we hold our advocacy and accessibility too close to our chest, then all of a sudden it becomes a personal attack on our being. Because what I've noticed is that many people are on a journey of accessibility. Everybody, we may be over here and we are the champions, right? We are the people who care. We are the people who care. And I, and I just put some dashes at the end. So on screen right now, I have a circle and a line, which represents a timeline. And it kind of finishes in a bunch of dashes because the journey never ends. We just get deeper and deeper into the world of inclusion. We get deeper into the world of caring. And it just, it just never ends. We expect people to be at the same level as we are. So your boss, your team manager, someone else is kind of over here. And we demonize them. We say that these guys, people over here, because they don't know, because they don't care, because they don't realize that accessibility is important, then they're bad. That's not always an effective way to handle this situation either. There is a chasm. There's a gap between where we are and where they are. And this is called the gap. So instead of thinking of our jobs as being, we need to convince people about accessibility, or we need to force them into caring about people with disabilities, what we need to focus on is closing the gap, closing the gap. Because when we close that gap, we're no longer focused on personal reasons. We're no longer focused on personal attacks because all we admit is that, well, you are here, you are at that range and I am over here. I'm, I'm in this level. And if I can just focus on closing the gap of your knowledge, well, where are you? All of a sudden we start to ask more questions and curiosity. That is the whole focus of what we need to do because this mindset change kind of shifts the, the the responsibility of convincing people about accessibility outside of you because it's not just your job anymore. You are just closing the gap. All you're trying to do is to help people 
on their journey of accessibility instead of convincing that boss who doesn't care, right? There's a whole different mindset there. I talk a lot about different personas and stakeholder prioritization in the masterclass that I host. And, you know, we spend an inordinate amount of time trying to convince people who are never going to be convinced. This week on, my, on, on socials, I posted this, uh, this ladder, right? Or this pyramid, rather. In sales, 30% of people will never be convinced. Then you've got another 30% of people who don't know about anything. Then you've got another 30% of people who need help. Then you got that last 7% of people who almost get it. And we got last 3% of people. So at the very top, I've got 3% of people get it. 7% of people almost get it. 30% of people need help getting it. 30% of people just don't even know about it. And 30% of people will never be convinced. And yet in our industry, we tend to treat people completely opposite. We tend to treat people like 100% of people need to be convinced by us. And that's just not a reality. It just doesn't work like that. One thing I talk about a lot is the entrepreneurial mindset where I can affect change to the world. I'm allowed to make uh, a difference. I can go out and enact change to my society, to my group. In fact, even when I start the show, even when I start the show, normally what I do is I talk about if you're an accessibility accelerator, you are trying to make positive change in the world. You're trying to make change in your organization. You're trying to make change in the society around you. And yet there's no one who can go and convince 100% of the people to care about anything, about anything. It's not your job to convince 100% of the people to care about accessibility. It's not your job to, to make 100% of people get on your side. What we can do is we can flip that around. All I want us to care about, all I want you to care about is this top 10%. All we need to focus on in our advocacy work primarily is that top 10%. Secondary to that, secondary to that, we need to help people who can create curiosity or who are curious about it, that second 30%. And then lastly, we put the least amount of effort, the least amount of time towards the people in that last 30%. Does this make sense? If we start positioning ourselves this way, we're going to start to see more success going forward because we're going to leverage other people to, do, to help us do the work with us. If we try to convince these people down here, we spend so much time trying to convince and get frustrated and get mad and angry at the people down here who are never going to get convinced, right? Oops. They're never going to be convinced of accessibility. They're never going to see past their own nose. They're never going to they're, they're never going to be on board with it. Stop spending your energy trying to convince these people. Instead, focus on the other 70% of people out there. Focus on 40% the people who get it, the people who almost get it, the people who need help. You're going to get more gains, more returns from those people in your organization, in the society, in groups than we are by trying to convince absolutely everybody. I remember one time uh, when I was working at an organization, this was a, this is a finan in the financial sector. This person was a project manager. Now, anyone who, anyone who knows me knows I love project managers. If anyone loves a project manager, if you have a really strong project manager on your side, they can help you move mountains. Let me tell you, they can help you change the course of your, your journey in accessibility inside an organization. I'll tell you why. Okay. So this person, they were tasked to own accessibility for their organization because they were hiring us 
to go and do uh, consulting and do audits and things like that. So my job, I was technical lead. I had to go and deliver audits to these people here. So my main point of contact was this project manager. Now, the old Ken, what he would have done, he said, book time with me with every single developer, book time with me for every single designer, book time with all the testers, and I'll teach them all, and I'll train them all. And I'll, like, think of how much time I would have had to spend to convince all these people about accessibility. Instead, what I need to do is just convince her. Just convince my project manager. Because if I could just convince her, move her from that 30% of people who need help to the almost get it to the getting it. If I could just move her up that pyramid, up that ladder, then I could leverage her to go and convince more people inside her organization. Because my job is not trying to convince everybody. My job is trying to convince the best people who have the most influence inside the organization. And this is the mindset that I want us all to start to, to admit. We cannot convince the world about accessibility. We cannot convince that. Fast forward a few months later, we had a big list of 800 defects, 850 defects, something like that. And I delivered it to her and she was like, oh my God, this is a lot of work and I'm going to have to be the one managing it. So I told her, I said, well, how can we work together? How would you like to receive this information in a more meaningful, positive, effective way that your team will always care, will, will care about it? We worked together and I got her on my side. I brought her onto my side and we were then able to uh, convince the rest of her team. But in fact, it wasn't even me. I was the outside consultant. She went to go ahead and convince all these different teams to care about accessibility. She was the one twisting their arms, not me. And man, what a relief. What a relief it was to not have to be the one to go and like strong arm people into caring about accessibility. That was a, that was a really big, uh, really big change for me. When you ask about showing her how to do what? Showing her how to do what, right? We only need to show people the minimum that they, can, that they need to do their job. If they're interested enough to move forward to becoming champions, and I'll tell you a little bit more about what happened there afterwards, but I got, I got her curious about accessibility. And if we start to focus on getting people curious about accessibility, not whipping them into submission, that is going to be a much more effective strategy. On my, on my uh, weekly talk, I often bring up an image of Jenny Lay Fleury. And I, and I say, do you think Jenny Lay Fleury, Chief Accessibility Officer of Microsoft, do you think she goes into boardrooms with executives and wags her finger and says, you should all care about accessibility? No, no. She enables people to do their job most effectively with the tools that they have. And I think that's the unspoken, unspoken truth about what accessibility really is. We talk a lot about small steps. Change can change things long term. So on screen, I've got a poorly drawn staircase with a line kind of going up, kind of that parabolic no, no, exponential curve. That's it, exponential curve. If you look at the world of change management, change management can be applied to so many things. And I'm amazed that in our industry that we haven't talked more about change management. In fact, if anyone wants to learn a little bit more about change management, I highly recommend looking up uh, an author uh, by the name of K-O-T-T-E-R. He created an eight-step method on how to apply change management to, uh, to business. And change management is this unspoken tool that we have access to. There's so many books, so many resources on it. And yet we are not taking advantage of this methodology that has been proven in many different areas and we're not applying it to, to accessibility. One of the things in change management is talking about how you don't need to work on small wins at the very beginning. The first thing you should be doing is gathering allies. And that's at this very first step down here. Gathering allies is our most important step in 
all of change management, all of accessibility. It is really the foundation of everything that we do. If we're not collecting allies, if we're just going and trying to convince people, you should care, you should care, then all we're creating is frustration. All we're creating is, you know, we are the gatekeeper to accessibility and we're not willing to help. So I think, I think that's what is the most important part. Uh, change management. Go, go bring on Cotter's eight-step change model. Uh, there's a lot of really great information here. I want to get back to, uh, to mindset because playing bigger is something that we're all afraid of at some point, right? We think that us coming on a live show like this isn't going to be worth it. We're afraid that speaking in front of a group of, of executives isn't going to be worth it. They just, they just don't listen. They just don't care. That's, that's not the point. The point is trying to play bigger opens you up to different opportunities. Trying to play bigger, giving that extra 20% in your job, in your career, in, in professional coaching, in entrepreneurship is really where the secret sauce is. Now, I, I want to I, I preface that with something because I've definitely seen in the past when I say something like an extra 20%. Well, I can't give as much as that other person has. I, I'm not able to, like I don't have enough spoons. And I want to recognize that, that that's not what I'm talking about. The extra 20% that I'm talking about is your extra 20%. It's not comparing it to somebody else's. If you can only give so much because you have a child at home, like I, I, I have a baby at home, like I can't work evenings and weekends anymore. It just doesn't work. It does. I, I cannot compare myself against somebody who is a single guy, you know, Alex Hermosi style, someone who is able to work 16 hours a day, doesn't sleep because he's half my, like, I can't compare myself to that. But if I can go somewhere between that one to 20% more during my day, during my week, that will make a big difference later on. There's a whole idea of 1% better every day multiplies over the course of the year. So playing bigger is something that you have to examine in yourself and have to think about where where do I want to achieve? So how, how big do I want to go and how do I want to achieve? So this is the way that I do that. So if no one's ever worked in design or UX maybe or not an entrepreneur, well, there's a whole idea that you should be, you should create a persona of somebody that you want to help. If you have if you have not done this in your own accessibility practice before, I highly recommend you take a moment and go and figure out how to do make a persona before. And who do you actually serve? So here's what I did. What do they feel? What do they think? And what do they do? Getting really hyper specific, getting really, really hyper specific on who you serve. Because what I feel, what I've noticed is that people, that us in the accessibility industry, who do we serve? All people with disabilities, all people with disabilities. But is that really who we serve? Can we really serve all people in the world? Think back to that pyramid that I mentioned before, right? Can we really help all the people everywhere? Well, the answer is no, we can't. Like really, like truly, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're going out and trying to sell a product, you're not creating a product for everybody, for everybody. You've got to create a very specific product, very specific, like who do you serve? Be very hyper-specific about that. So I like to think about this like people that I serve are accessibility specialists. I'm looking for accessibility specialists looking to grow their career, looking to grow their influence, looking to become bigger. That's who I serve. What do people like this feel? Feel frustrated, burned out, not listened to, and et cetera, and et cetera. 
when we can start to get clear, if you are at the beginning of your journey, if you are an entrepreneur yourself, if you're a specialist inside an organization, maybe you're working as part of the really big, a really big organization and you're a small fry and you feel like your boss doesn't listen to you, doesn't think like that. Who, who are you serving? Are you serving people with disabilities? Okay, like how deep can you focus on? I'm helping you know, my 27-year-old nephew who has cerebral palsy and I see how frustrated he is. Because once you can start to identify clearly the exact person that you help, then all your conversation is going to change to be around that. Let's keep going here because this is going to make sense in a moment. What do people think? People in this, in this area, people who I serve think I can convince everybody. See how this is all relating? People think I want to change the world or I want to make the world a better place. And what do they do? Well, I mentioned that already a little bit. What do you do? Access by specialists for usually companies, organizations, or entrepreneurs, or like, well, consultants. There are a lot of ways to do this exercise. There are a lot of ways to take this exercise, and there's a much deeper, more than what we could just talk about. But in general, this is who I serve. This is who I serve. So when you're thinking about, when you go consult with an organization, when you're thinking about the new role that you're going to be, you know, that you're going to be taking on or going into, thinking about who you serve does one very, very specific thing. And with that, for that we're going to wrap it up. It answers your why. I don't want to go all Simon Sinek on everyone here, but there's a really important part of this conversation, which is your why. Why does this matter? Why does this matter to you personally, specifically, that one person that you have in mind when you're building that persona? Why does it matter that you help that one person? Do you see how identifying one single person in your reason can maybe help out more than just saying broadly, I want to help the world. Like, I want to help everybody. Like, I want to do all this stuff for everybody. Focus, bringing everything to a point is where all of this is going to start to matter, where all of this is going to start to uh, to really make change for you and for the company and for people with disabilities. Because we cannot change the world. We cannot convince everybody that we can make a difference in one person's life. We can make a difference in one group's life. And I think that's where we have to start our focus. Wasn't that a great episode? You probably have lots of new ideas swirling through your head right now. Now, how are you going to go and teach that to your boss, your team, or your clients? You need a strategy to move forward. Contact me today, hi at cambodwayne.com, and let's talk about how we can move this forward in your organization or individual practice. If you could right now, like and subscribe to this show. It really does help grow our reach to get more people involved and interested in disability inclusion and making the world a more inclusive place. And don't forget, you can also watch this show live on LinkedIn. Just find me there. It's every Friday at noon Eastern. See you next week.